Hello everyone, this is May. And this is Faye. And, and this, this is It's Okay, okay That's K-Drama. This week we're reviewing another all-time favourite, My Love from Another Star. Yes, we finally got round to it. Um, Faye has something that she wants to share with you. Before we start, spoiler alert, we are not saving anything this time, so we are going to spoil it all for you. So please, watch it before you listen to it. Excellent, thank you Faye. So, um, I do like traditions, so let's keep to our traditions and let's start with a tagline. Oh, I have a great one. Go on. So, my one goes like this. How to get away with murder with immaculate hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, whereas, uh, my tagline is, we're in shortage of men, just import them from another planet. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you like this drama? Um, so, at the time, I think I probably gave it a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, well, Faye and I, as you, as you probably have noticed, went through a bit of a, of a drama slump. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm very glad that we kept this sort of, uh, not for last, obviously, but as in that we didn't watch this immediately because it's just what I needed to pick me up from the drama slump. Me too. So. I feel like, you know, we tried with Secret Garden and it didn't really cut it. Mm-hmm. But then we tried this and I was so there. It's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah. A, a drama. And I think in terms of staying power, it's probably an eight and a half just because, I mean, it has staying power, but not in the same way that some other of my all-time favorites, like, you know, Reply or <laughs> or It's Okay That's Love is. But it's, it's I mean, I, I still loved it very much. I think at a time I very much enjoyed it. But I think maybe because it was more of a lighthearted drama that it doesn't have that sort of element that stays with you forever and ever. No, no, I, I totally get that. It's more light. It's more, um, it's fun to watch. It doesn't come out with so much meaningful, you know, feelings that mean so much to you. So I agree. I watched, I would have given it a full 10. It's going, it's going down now, mm-hmm. obviously, because as you said, there's no staying power. It's a fun watch. Yeah. But it's not something that stays with you. Very yeah. Long. No, I, I, it's, yeah, I, I suppose it's, uh, it's a really fun watch. It's Don't a get me very wrong. fun watch. It's probably the funnest I've had in, in quite some time watching a drama. Funnest since, uh, Kill Me, Heal Me or His Master Son. Yeah. They're, they're crazier, though. Kill me, kill me, heal me. <laughs> I love to kill me, heal me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, Faye, what did you like about this drama? Female lead. She was yes. so wonderful. Yes. <laughs> she was... I didn't know. I, she's everything I've been waiting for in a female lead from a K-drama. She yeah. was hilariously funny. Much funnier than any lead we've seen before. Yeah. In this self-awareness... And she was a real comedian. Yeah, it's it's funny because I mean, obviously we're women, so when we watch K dramas, nine times out of ten, we look up for the male lead. I mean, let's <laughs> let's let's all be honest here. Um, and also, I feel like very often in K drama, it's the male lead who gets the sort of meaty part, you know, with the personal development, and you know, sometimes it's true. Often she's like got a Cinderella story, mm-hmm. so she just has to develop her her. her circumstances change yeah but often her personality doesn't and here she went on a fabulous you know in a fabulous like in a way i find that her improvement is almost as as impressive as his like you know from the self-centered ignorant actress Mm -hmm. to actually a person with quite a bit of depth but i think it's just how i always found that the show was spoofing itself and was spoofing this entire like diva Mm -hmm. um culture that you know k-drama actresses have um and it's sort of like making fun of herself and making fun of of really other korean actresses yeah so I, I quite liked that yeah. that sort of light-heartedness so. i also um i love that she was so aware of her own feelings for the male lead and she's very honest about it very early on she confesses first 
she kisses him first and she doesn't give up because even when he tells her I don't like you and she doesn't give up and this is such a switch from what we normally see we normally see the male lead um confessing first we yeah. normally see the male lead not giving up like even stalker yeah. <laughs> stalker <laughs> behavior a little bit yeah. and in a way she does that here and I thought that was refreshing and she does it in a very funny way exactly it's not disturbing it's not creepy it's just like yeah, you're in deep. <laughs> we, we get it. We've same, all been there. And at the same time, she's got this awareness and also this trust and belief in herself and him in their relationship that she knows it's going to work out. She has no idea how, but she does not give up on it at yeah. any time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. That's definitely true. It's interesting because, like, obviously, I mean, I, I very much liked him, but he has a lot, a, a role that is, like, much more passive than hers, if you think about it. Like he's not passive in that like yes he's always behind the scenes helping her but in the entire romance he he, he sort of lets things happen to himself very much than, and i get it he can't seek the romance because he's leaving his personality is a very still there's a very uh, a, a stillness there the yeah. whole time which is very calming by very the way very calming and it plays off her overexcitedness hyperactivity yeah being so they work very very- Completely OTT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah. You're right. They're quite, they're quite complementary in that, in that respect. Um, I don't know if it's too early to jump into this, but actually, one of my favorite things in this drama, and I think it's probably the only drama where I felt this strongly, is where I almost there, there were several times when I wanted her to end up with a second lead. I think it's it's <laughs> it's very rare that you find a second lead that is actually quite so you know quite such good competition for the main lead what was his name again um Huikyong. yeah no, he was a wonderful wonderful character yeah yeah i there's something about it. like uh, first of all i think that uh park Hye-jin, he's he's just a tremendous actor i thought i i thought in a way he was the better actor between the two male actors mm-hmm. i mean she is on another level she's just the best actress full stop yeah. ever deserves an oscar for this performance <laughs> not even joking but if you look at the male leads i felt like domin june was a bit one note mm-hmm. um very well played one note but when you play him against hui kyung who's got so much depth hidden under the sort of veneer of you know being a very light-hearted guy it just played off much better but the chemistry wasn't really there between the main leads or between her no and... no, no between han kyung and um say that yeah i mean because she wasn't in love with him not at all and that comes across well you know i feel in a way when um when they have that conversation with semi and henkyung and he tells her to go ahead and tell the person you like that you like them or or phone them yeah you know and so she calls him and he's right there and he said but i told you to phone him and she says i did that was intense and that was you could feel the chemistry in that scene yes but i'm very glad that they didn't add up together i do i do hate it when the second leads sort of end up together in a like tiny little bow and she was awful. <laughs> Let's just jump straight into it. Semi is like the most awful, awful character of... of she's the queen of awful characters. And why was this so bad for you? Tell well, me. For, for me, is uh, if, you, if you're regular listeners of our podcast, you know that um, there is a very big space in my heart for, for Sunny and Grim Reaper from Goblin. And obviously, Semi is the same actress as you and I. And I loved her so much. She's probably, now that I've watched My Love from Another Star, she's now my second all-time favorite female character. Because hmm. I just felt like there was so much, um, so much womanliness, but also so much strength and so much... As Sunny. As Sunny. As Sunny. 
and so much, you know, depth. And then you've got this like pathetic excuse for a second lead who doesn't know what she wants from life. And she's really blaming everyone, not because she's not the prettiest or she's not the best actress, but just because she never has the guts to stand up for what she wants. <laughs> it's kind of like I'm blaming you because I am a weak person. It was also painful because they were such good friends. Or they she- weren't. Yeah. You can't say that. That's the thing. Chongi Songi thought they were such good friends. She, no, but Chan Songi was was really a good friend. Yeah. Because if you think about it, she always made sure that she got the part. Yeah. And it was not done out of pity. It was not done out of like, oh my poor friend, I well, like she genuinely wanted the best for her friend. And her friend, what did she repay her with? Pity, false interest, and mm. that awful speech that they have in the cafe where she's like, I was never your friend. And like yeah. Chan Songi is incredibly hurt there. And it, I struggled with this a lot. I mean, considering how much I liked you and I in, in Goblin and how much I connected to that character, yeah. just seeing this, like, pathetic, weak woman it just didn't play well with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> I like the character Hanura, the one who, spoiler alert, she dies after a few episodes. Yeah. And I thought she was a fabulous character. I love the way she had this amazing vulnerability and strength and quirkiness with her um, sense of fashion and style I thought she was fabulous and I think that if the character of Semi and the character of Hanyura would have been switched it would have worked better so Semi had died so the character if Hanyura would have been this horrible weak um, character who hadn't really been a good friend and the friend who was now getting the main part and if she was this quirky character who they could have a really good fight in the yeah. in the hairdressers with yeah. and you know spiky hair cool shoes because Simi and, and Songi never have a proper fight actually not it's really. always like simmering on, to the surface but it's not quite exploding yeah. whereas Hanyura would have had a proper if big if the character of Hanyura would have been um, the character of Sami I think that would have worked better it would yeah. be more fun because I enjoyed all of Hanyura's scenes yeah yeah no I get it even though she came to a very sad ending very sad ending but I mean, it was necessary you know you do, you do need the dead body to make <laughs> to make the plot it's although just... although the baddie oh he really didn't know how to plan a murder did he <laughs> it's kind of like considering he's like portrayed as like this like refined elegant man he just lacked finesse in the planning of all of his murders, they were just... it was all his finesse was taken up in combing his hair. Yeah, yeah <laughs> yes, which which he did remarkably well. <laughs> Falling off a sixty-five story building, perfect hair yeah. at all times. Yeah, <laughs> um, and you do wonder, like, how, like, how did did two parents bring out such opposing types of brothers? Like, you have Hui Kyung, who's like literally the best and nicest and sweetest and you know, most good-hearted person you've ever mm, met. Yeah. And then the psychopath who, who is basically his, his, his way to resolve to get himself out of any type of trouble is to kill the person. <laughs> Except it then becomes a bit grotesque. It felt a bit like a Tarantino movie. It's kind of like, okay, let's just kill everyone. <laughs> it, just, it was an unrealistic amount of killing. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm killing someone to cover up a killing of someone else to cover up a killing. Like it, yeah. it just sounded all a bit ridiculous which i think was actually part of the drama spoofing itself the whole time yeah yeah um i thought it was fine yeah it was good (laughs) yes so um i really feel the drama kept its excitement and the interest right up to the end i do feel sometimes dramas they do drag a bit at the end you know they tag on a couple of extra episodes or which this drama did by the way it they d- added an extra episode I halfway didn't through I did know that I would never have known I wouldn't have yeah I wouldn't have known really kept my interest right up until the end yeah 
And it's it's very interesting that you mentioned this because actually um, I remember thinking, I, I watched a drama a little bit before Faye and I remember thinking, um, you know, how will you react to after they get together? Because obviously at some point they get together and we all know that the make, make it or break it point of a drama is after they get together, you know, after the big kiss. It's not it, always the make it or break it. They can sometimes... No, but it is the make it or break it because after that either you manage to sustain the pace ah, or yes. it just goes completely down. So yeah. you know that by the time the main couple kisses... The drama is either gonna like be really good or really bad. There's right. no there's no halfway point there, um, and I felt I, I I was very happy at how they kept it. Like first of all, they kissed before the entire mystery gets resolved, so you still need to you know solve the murder. Um, and second, there is obviously the whole side story of him disappearing at the end. Well, of him not disappearing at the end, but having to leave at the end. Yeah. And I like it that he's very honest with her. So he doesn't wait forever and ever and ever. You know, about an episode after they, they first kiss, he tells yeah. her, let's do all of these things together because I'm not going to be around for long. I couldn't help comparing it to, spoiler alert, for Coffee Prince. I couldn't <laughs> help, uh, Coffee Prince, which has just now become available on Netflix. On Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Beware, everyone, you don't know what's coming. But um, in Coffee Prince, it's so wonderful and it's so intense and it's so emotional. But something that really annoys any normal person who'd watch it would be, you cannot um, expect a relationship with someone when you hold back such an important piece of information. For example, your gender. Yeah, it's <laughs> gender. Like it is one thing, or it's another thing, or it's something in between. But you've got to be honest about these things yeah. when you're having trying to have a you know a meaningful relationship with someone. So this in this he was wonderful. Yeah, in that he was, you know, very honest with her very early on, and I. I, I enjoyed that a lot because I I was worried I was concerned he was going to hide it yeah and also I was very happy that he came out as a as a as an alien, came mm. out as an alien. <laughs> well he came out as an alien long before they even got together yeah so it's kind of like by the time they get together is almost like you know all the cards are, are are open like you know we we know what's going on um and I just like I really liked how they sustained the pressure afterwards and you know you never really know how they're going to deal with the fact that he has to leave um, I liked what you said about that he was an alien because, you know, I was looking at it, I was like, aliens, wow, they speak Korean and they have Korean names. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> why not? Why can't Koreans, why can't aliens be like that? Who says aliens have to, you know, speak English and have English names? No, they absolutely don't. I'm actually... I'm beautiful. You know? now, now I'm very much in favour of, of Korean aliens. I think, I think that there is a niche market for them. <laughs> um, so I think the overwhelming theme of the whole drama is unrequited love. It's sort of a chain going on, and it's a theme. Even the even the flashbacks with uh, such a tragic backstory with that little Korean girl, the Sagat part. Oh yes, and oh, then she yes. ended up dying because of a horrible. Was it a misunderstanding or just a? No, just because she was alone with a man, and oh, back in those days, you terrible. weren't alone with a man because you were soiling your own name. Um, and also because no, it was because parents... she went to become a widow bride, or yeah, but then afterwards the parents. Ah want right, to kill right, her right, because right, she's yeah. brought shame on their No, no, but she was nearly killed originally with yeah, her because, dead husband. Yeah, because, because that's what a dutiful wife does. She, oh she does with her husband. So sad. I think that was done beautifully. Yeah. She was wonderful. Very good actress. Yeah. No, definitely. definitely. Oh, and when she's used as Ch um, Chan Sung-hee as a child. As a child Chan Sung-hee. Yeah. yeah. She wears a gorgeous orange coat. Yes. It was wonderful. Okay, so I think we have to add a new mark to our thing. <laughs> coat, coat. Coats mark. Yeah, but how? what are we going to do for summer dramas? They're going to have to have something else. How colourful the clothes are. Because I feel like Maybe. in summer dramas they will always wear very colourful clothes. Okay, but the coats in this drama were excellent. Yeah. So we had the Chan Sung-hee as a child, the orange coat. 
We had the Yoda coat that Chan Sung wears. Yes. With the funny glasses. With the funny, yes. At one point, the baddie brother, he wears a purple coat. Does he? He wears a purple coat. He and wears a purple something. <laughs> did he? Was that his colour? Yeah. Then... Oh, when Chan Sung and her mother walk on the set, there's that pink. Oh, fluffy, her mother's coat. The pink. That's when Chan Sung has the accident, right. and Hui Kyung save her, saves her. Can I just say, <laughs> it's, it's the second lead who saves her, not the main lead. Let's just let that sink in for a second. Just, just. He is a very much a hero in that he saves her and that truck. That was one of my favorite scenes. Chan Sung will treat you today. Just when <laughs> everyone's like ignoring her. Yeah. Brings a food for everyone. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because you say it's about unrequited love and I know we've discussed this before it definitely is about unrequited love Um, but it's funny because I think we disagreed on something um, which is I think that a lot of it is well obviously you know there's the parallel with the book The Miraculous Journey of Edgar Tulane which May obviously went out and bought because she's dedicated I'm very dead I I do my homework you know it's not about being dedicated it's like you know I like to do things the proper way (laughs) and having read the book as well Obviously, uh, the book is the one that uh, Dejan Wing reads, reads in several scenes. In several scenes. And they um, read aloud from it as yeah. well. And the thing is, in, in the, that book, for me, the, the underlying message of the book is that, you know, learning to love is not a, a simple thing. And I know that you don't agree with me, Faye, but I think that a lot of it is a metaphor for Domin Jun. Domin Jun, he's a decent person because, you know, he's got the right values. At the same time, he never involves himself with humans. Yes, maybe because he's been scarred once, but I don't think that that's a good enough reason. You know, we all get scarred and we all get hurt, but, you know, the whole point of being alive is carrying on being ourselves and carrying on loving other people and carrying on getting hurt again. It's just part of the picture. And I think, I really like how they read out of the book because in the book, the book is a story about a, a, a little China rabbit who is loved by everyone but doesn't love anyone back. And that's a little bit, I think, the journey of, of Dom and Jun. He's like, you know, he's very much loved by his lawyer friend and by John sung And there's a lot of people that just would like to get close to him and he's just not interested. And it's it's real. I, I see a discrepancy there because it's not that he's not interested. He's very interested in Chan sung but he doesn't, he knows he's leaving. It's not an That's exact... afterwards. He, 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 in the end, he's very interested despite himself. But at the beginning, he's very much that I don't want to get involved with humans because what's the point? And there is a part of him that thinks that he's better. He, he so does... I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that. <clears throat> he I does didn't say feel it. he felt better. He does anyone. say it a few times like that humans are stupid and humans do this and why do humans do that? And it's kind of like, there's always like that implies superiority. Like, you know, you know, we don't do that on my planet. Like, we're better than that. I just didn't pick up on that. For me, it was that he was very um I think he's a very private person and it wasn't that he was thought he was better than other people. I think he thought he was different. I think he saw himself as above humans. I very yeah. much think that. And he in a way didn't feel like, you know, anyone was deserving of his love. And it's actually a, a very hard lesson for him to learn. He he resists it very much. Oh yes he does. And not just because he's going away. I think that there is a part of him that Almost things like love is beneath him, you know, why, yeah. why should I be doing this? It's funny because when they showed the Saguk flashbacks and that little girl, he was obviously doing anything he could to protect her. Yeah, and it's kind of like a god burn once, okay, bye, see ya. But ah. that's not how humans do. Right. That's not how we do, you know. Humans sort of make the same mistake over and over and over again. And he know? had 400 years to recover. Exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it, It's quite sad that in, in 400 years it's really just, you know, this one time that he managed to open his heart a little bit. Um, and if, it, are they it, reaching that you know the, the, that his first love had to look like Chan Sungi? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not very, as bad. It's as a, a very Korean first love backstory kind it's of. It's not thing. as bad as the Goblin first love reach. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. No, it's, it's not. I, I wasn't a fan of it. Um, and it's funny because actually, just as we were speaking now, something popped into my mind. I remember when we reviewed um, Korean Odyssey, mm. we were talking about spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how like she's a human who behaves like a god, and he's mm. a god who behaves like a human. And it's, Check us out on our Instagram. You'll see the post there. You'll see the, you'll, yeah, actually, it's okay, this gay drama on it's Instagram. Okay, it's okay, this gay drama. It's a very popular post, actually. Um, and uh, yes, you should definitely follow us on Instagram. Um, and I actually think that, in a way, in this drama, like, you know, Chon Sung Hee is incredibly human. And that's why we love her so much, is the incredible humanity that she has. And I'm, humanity in many ways. Humanity in, you know, loving other people, including Sami, who's her best friend, who's always been awful to her. Mm-hmm. Loving Dom and June, even though she doesn't get anything back. Letting down Hui Kyung really nicely, because really she nicely, does. Yeah. Um, and, you know, always being mindful of, of his feelings, but also having her very human moments where she's just being a spoiled diva and when she just doesn't get her own way and she cries and she, you know, does stupid things or when she confesses her love and she turns around and she's like, no, don't look at me, don't look at me. <laughs> I, there is everything that she does. It's so incredibly human. When you set it against what he does, which is always correct, yeah. but lacks so much feeling and so much emotion. Yeah, you've got the cold academic side of him that he's a professor. So that helps as well. Yeah, exactly. It builds into a persona, but it's it's funny how like sometimes behaving perfectly, you know, behaving godlike, if you will. Yeah, it's actually not the good thing. It's not the right thing. Well, know? we're not gods. We're very humans. So. <laughs> that's that's very true. And I and I love how like she has very clear emotions and they come out and oh yeah it's all over her face she's very honest about everything. Yeah. And sometimes she's wrong, and sometimes she like you know acts like a spoiled child, but it's fine. Like that's part of the complexity of who she is. And it's also part of the beauty of who she is. Yeah. She's so honest about everything. She's definitely the best lead ever, full stop. <laughs> we absolutely adored her. Yes. Are you ready for my big metaphor theory? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Let's so see. Try wh- me. While I was watching, I couldn't help constantly coming up with this parallel. So um, my idea is sometimes things fit, um, fit into metaphors well, and sometimes they're just a nice story. But this really spoke to me that Dum and June... He's an alien, but he's not actually an alien. He's a regular guy with commitment issues. And, <laughs> you know, he's got this absolutely beautiful woman who kisses him and tells him that I'm in love with you. And he says, I can't give you what you want. I can't stay. Um, he actually stops time so that she won't hear him say I love you. Like he is so such a commitment phobe. That he, um, every time he shows her any sort of feelings back, you know, he stops time. Um, And don't get me wrong, I thought that was a very cute um, thing that obviously we only find out right at the end or in the in the epilogues. (laughs) But when you when you when you look at it, it's it's very unfair what he does. Incredibly, incredibly unfair. Incredibly control controlling. Controlled and controlling. (laughs) In that she never gets a break. She never gets to know what what he really thinks. And um, And he lies to her the whole time. No, I wasn't there. No, I didn't save you. Yeah. (laughs) But he can never commit to her. He, you know, and the allergic reaction to the kiss doesn't exist. It's all about him trying to make her crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, the disappearing at the end. Um, If you remember, um, Chan Sung Yi has that conversation with her friend from the bookshop. Yeah, Bokja. Bokja. So um, Bokja is telling her in a very amusing way how every time she confesses to a guy, the guy moves away or the guy is going to study somewhere else. And um, he said, oh, um, 
um, an alien. No one's ever tried that with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think so, as women, we've all been there, probably. So if the whole thing's a metaphor, then it comes across very strong that he can't make a commitment and even at the end when he's gone back to his planet and he's doing everything he can to come back up which does not fit in with his personality at all he by the way doesn't go back to his planet he goes, oh, he goes back to the wormhole right, right, right. okay <laughs> <laughs> always being always being accurate but he can never commit to her fully yeah and it's painful as a woman to yeah. watch that to yeah. watch a man who's supposed to be you know this godlike character he can never commit f- yeah. fully to a human yeah it. It's it's a very it's definitely a very good metaphor and it's definitely you know it shows a lot of behaviors that a lot of women today experience with men saying like I like you but not really or maybe or you know yeah. keep on changing my I mind. I thought it was strong and I actually think it fits into mine. You know it's it's his journey of learning how to love. I actually think that that does fit well with my theory mm. in terms of you know the whole commitment thing. Like yes, maybe he does love her but he can't really commit to her and that's not real love. Like real love is actually being able to commit to someone. So and being honest with someone. And being honest with someone. And if you love someone, tell them don't stop time. Yes. So she shouldn't hear you. Then <laughs> to kiss them on a frozen lake, which yes, is very romantic, but consent issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, what were some of your favorite scenes? Ooh, well. <laughs> You know, it's it's like every time I think about my favorite scenes, like I just think of like very Chonsungi centric scenes. Mm. So when she is on the balcony, uh, picking up a call from him, and she's like <laughs> trying to cross the balcony, and it's just the comedy there. It's just so brilliant. You're about to fall sixty floors, seriously. Yeah, pick up the phone. That's the right time to pick up the phone. Um, it's like I, I think of scenes like that. I can't mm. really think of serious scenes. It was so funny. Um, I, I think there was a lot of comedy around the fact that he could hear her even though when he was in yes. his apartment yes every time she has her tantrums or like she regrets <laughs> saying something and when, and when she realizes finally that he's, he's been listening to her all the time yeah for example when um she's on the balcony and she calls him and he comes out and he comes is like what you just called me to call me to see if it worked so I'm like, okay right and he goes back in <laughs> um then I liked any scene where Dominjun gets drunk and he turns off the, the the whole of Seoul or, <laughs> or he has like all this like flying objects uh, thing going on. In the Saguk scene, I yes. thought that was so funny when he talks about somebody got drunk when they were dry- riding a horse and they die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to drink responsibly even in Saguk time. <laughs> on the back of a horse, don't drink and drive. <laughs> um and then when she realizes that he's never going to get older, but she will, so she starts acting like a teenage schoolgirl. Um, I just found that hilarious, and like the bonding between Domin June and her brother. Oh, that was funny! Just perfect. Ah, oh, that was really, really wonderful. Um, <laughs> so this is for the funny scenes. Actually, a scene, one of the few scenes that touched me very much emotionally, because like I said, this was a very light-hearted drama, not a very emotional one. Despite despite the emotional scenes, but actually one of the scenes that touched me the most. On so many levels is when she is on the Ferris wheel with Hui Kyung and he's basically asking her to marry him. Mm. And she's about to say yes. And then Domin Jun stops time. And then she changes her mind. Yeah. And I think that, like, there's so much complexity in that scene. Like, I really felt for Hui Kyung, like, very much, you know, how, like, he finally just puts his, out, his heart out there. And it's not like I'm this, like, spoiled chable son I'm actually a really decent guy who knows that you're not in love with me, but is willing to do whatever I can to get you. Her struggle with, you know, wanting to be loved, even if she doesn't love him back. Mm. And, you know, but at the same time, wanting to be fair to her friend. 
And then Dominjun like downstairs saying, actually, I don't need to hear this. Like there's a few things in life that I don't need to witness. Yeah. And this is one of them. And it's very rare, I think, in a K-drama where you genuinely feel what everyone is feeling very specifically. I was surprised that you walked away, actually. I thought that was unusual as well. Yeah. Usually we hear it and we see his pain, but this time it was too much. Yeah, it's kind of like, I I know what the answer is. I'm not interested in the pain here. Like, let me just, let me just run away from this. That's an incredibly human moment from him, yes. you know, being being like, you know what, I actually don't want to see this. I don't want to actually hear this. So that that was probably one of the more serious scenes mm. that uh, that I found really touching. Also, what about all the injuries? Well, but oh, the, can I? <laughs> the mother actually spoofs that. Yes, because there's like you keep on getting, you keep on going to the hospital, and it's kind of like it's like spoofing the drama again, just kind of saying. Like, I, I, I was keeping, I was counting on my fingers the amount of times I went to the hospital, and then yeah, yeah then she came out with that. I thought that was funny, but um, top marks. She went to have an appendix out wearing six-inch heels. Yeah, which is excellent. It's very chosengi <laughs> Actually, that scene and it's quite early on is where you realize that actually he might he might already be a bit too done for with her. Um, when there is that whole scene with the, with her saying, like, he's my manager. I'm not your manager. Yes, I'm your manager. And then someone says, Johnson is manager. And he's like, yes. And then he has that face kind of like, why did I say yes? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, like, the strength, really, of this drama is not even the story, even though it's a great plot. Uh, but it's really just the, the comedic value that it brings, you know, all through. Mm-hmm. How about you? What were some of your favourite scenes? Um, I loved him bandaging up her foot when she had a little scratch on it with half a pharmacy store. Oh, yes. That's such a <laughs> Korean drama. It's kind of like, you know, if you have a scratch, either you're about to die and let's go to the hospital or like let's have a very complicated surgery for something that it's going to go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I like the mother's input. I think this is um, the reality that mothers are actually very involved in their children's lives in Korea. Well, they're very much involved in the children's careers, that's careers, for sure. Right, so we had some lovely fights with um, um, Domingen's secretary, whatever. Um, no, lawyer. Lawyer. <laughs> and Chan sung his mother. Yes. In the hallway there, that was lovely. Quite good moments. Yeah. yeah. I think another special mention in terms of favourite scenes must go to the two dream sequences. <laughs> so there's two very different dreams. One is when he dreams of being with her. And that is like your classic K-drama love montage where like everything is perfect and they're all very coupley and very sweet. Which is a very great and sweet dream. Mm. But actually it was completely eclipsed by the other dream that he has, which is dreaming of Chon sung and 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 Hui Kyung together. Yeah. And like, he's not even dreaming, he's sort of like walking around the flat and he's like seeing them being Hallucinating them, yeah. And, and, and he's getting so like progressively frustrated with himself for like just seeing him, seeing them and allowing himself to see them. And again, it's it, it's again how like, you know, a, a good example of how this gay drama was very good at spoofing itself. I remember I was watching and I said, oh, it's such a funny dream. And you said, which one, which one? <laughs> and I, it was the first one. And yeah. you said, oh, the second one is very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's great how it, like, it keeps on basically looking at the K-drama trope mm. and turning it on its axis a little bit. Um, <laughs> Do you know he didn't smile, I think, up until about the 16th episode? You counted, I know. <laughs> I'm not sure now. I think I, in, in Reply 97, how long does it take for him to smile? Does he ever smile? I'm not sure. Because <laughs> it has happened before that we see male leads do not yeah. smile a lot. But it's kind of like in Reply 97 it fits because he's a broody teenager. Uh, um, Sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> 
In Reply 97, it works because he's a brooded teenager. You're not expecting a brooded teenager to smile, right? Toby yeah. Jr. is a 400-year-old man. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> you know? Um, he does have a gorgeous smile, though. So, uh, you know, it's, it's nice waiting for. Even though, I mean, like I said, I, I really very much liked him, but I'm, I'm, I'm Camp Week Young here. Like, so second lead syndrome, it, very much. It's not so much second lead syndrome as in, like, I'm very much like she picked the wrong guy. Oh. Um, okay, so I've had that a couple of times before. Um, I I don't think I've ever had this. Well, with spoiler one exception, maybe. Alert. It's not spoiler alert. Okay. It's spoiler alert for you too. Uh, <laughs> with with one exception, I don't think I've ever I've ever experienced it this strongly. But I think I mean there is something about Hui Kyung also. If you think about it, you know he doesn't have all of the special powers. He doesn't have all of yes, he's got money, but he doesn't have all of the gifts that mm. that Domin Jun has. Mm. And at the end of the day, he's the one who makes the biggest sacrifice. He's the one who turns his brother in. Yeah. He's the one who, you know, risks breaking with his family. He's the one who realizes that actually he's the one who brought the orange juice who killed his elder brother. Yeah. There is just so much pain and so much courage that, you know, this guy has to have. And no one's there for him to love him and to no, give him you're any, right. any of that back. And I think it's quite commendable to be that kind of person, but to be that kind of person when you don't have anyone next to you. So I have this theory... Okay, I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> so I had this theory that really he will end up with Sammy one day. But no, don't say that. No, no, no stop it. I don't want to hear it. Okay, so I have this <laughs> other theory that Sammy's going to straighten herself out um, no. and then she's going to buy a chicken shop. No, no, stop it there. Stop it there. Don't try, no. Don't try to ruin Goblin for me too. Goblin is literally the golden standard and Sunny is the golden standard, so we're not going there. Okay, okay. I'm not okay. interested in these theories. Sorry, Faye. Okay, um, something I found a bit sad is Chun Sungi doesn't have any friends. Bokja was... She has fake friends. Fake friend, or semi, obviously, and then Bokja, like, she was really mean to her at the beginning. She was writing comments online on about her. blogs and stuff, yeah. And then Bokja, anyway, seemed to be... A bit unstable as a character. And incredibly self-centered. Really. Yeah. And then eventually falls in love with her brother, which is like, who is like 15 years younger. It was a bit strange. Disturbing. So I wanted Chan Songyi to have some good friends. Yeah, but I think it's also, again, it, it fits into the story um, how she's alienated from life. Good word, alienated. alienated. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Do you like the pun? Yeah. Do you notice it? She's completely alienated from real life. And not because she's a bad person. Yes, she's, she's definitely got her flaws. But it's because she's incredibly misunderstood, right? Everyone mm. just sees her as just this diva. And don't get me wrong, she's 100% the diva. But she actually has a good heart and she cares genuinely about all of her friends who don't care back for her. No. She cares no. about her mother. She keeps on giving her mother money who just, you know, I don't know, gobbles it up and spits it out somewhere else <laughs> on horrendous pink coats and also this father who disappears you know that's a bit of a weird subplot yeah i'm not sure what it mm, was it trying to give her some happiness maybe well i don't know it's kind of like yeah she once had a good father but he was actually also a very weak man so she's basically surrounded either by people who take advantage of her yeah or by very weak people um, Which makes it even sadder because even Deming Jun can't be her there for her properly, yeah. and he's always like disappearing in the middle of a conversation. At the end, it's yeah. it's really incredibly sad when you look at it that way. I know, but I guess it's why she deserves to get. It's kind of like her her karma. Like you know, she's got terrible friends and a terrible family, but she actually gets two wonderful men loving her. Okay, you know, you know what I mean. Better than nothing. <laughs> she she's got to pay it somewhere else, but at least she's got two really wonderful men loving her. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do we ever hear about the dead brother before he's like violently needed as a plot device? 
Because <laughs> yes, he's mentioned. What he mentioned? He's yeah. mentioned. Well, not even his name. Very early on, because they say that older brother Jekyong um, becomes the director of the company or whatever uh-huh. very unexpectedly without having had any preparation for it. Uh-huh, so it's uh-huh. it's obviously hinting at the fact that he wasn't supposed to get that. Because I have a little bit of a track record of missing really important aspects. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. I was like, we didn't even know there was another brother and all of a sudden you need the baddie to be really bad to have previously murdered. You know? he, he was hinted at. So uh-huh, like, you know, uh-huh. there was it was definitely not explicit. Koreans don't love explicit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not ever. All the time. I think till about halfway through, the father was being set up to be the real baddie, baddie. the fall guy, and then it sort of switched a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the father is the, the truth is the father is the bad guy because the father he did a terrible job. I mean, apart from he did a terrible job, whether he knew what was happening or not, like it was happening under his own eyes. It's his company, it's his family. Like, how don't you know that you've raised the psychopath? Mm. Um, and you know, and also when uh, I think Hui Kyung starts asking about his sister-in-law, what happened to my sister-in-law, and the parents are just not interested. They're like, oh, whatever, she was a poor woman and we don't like her. Like, that was terrible. It's, it's come on, you know what I mean? I can't. Be really. human. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. I actually didn't like the turnaround at the end, how, like, suddenly, like, the father, you know, gets really huffy with the son and saying, like, oh, you know, you're not my son anymore. I'm not going to protect you. And it's like, really? It, t- it took all of this mm. and him tainting, tainting the family name because that's really all he cares yeah, about. It did seem that way, yeah. And, and it, it, the turnaround felt a bit, like, kill me, heal me like in terms of, like... The grandmother in Kill Me, Hill Me is just an awful person. Uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler, spoiler alert! alert. Spoiler watch alert! Kill Me, Hill Me. <laughs> the grandmother in Kill Me, Hill Me is just a horrible person and then at the end she suddenly becomes nice and you're like, what? <laughs> I feel like I actually have a big sign here that I lift up every time you mention <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> every time you mention anything from another job. Um, right. Um, one other thing. Um, do you remember when she was in the hospital? I think it was when she had, where her, was having her appendix out. And Which of the many times? <laughs> one of the many times she had her appendix out. <laughs> no, she was... Um, um, the big bad brother came and all of a sudden she found herself in a car hurtling towards a cliff. Yeah. And I totally thought this was a manifestation of her coma. Oh no, I didn't. And then all of a sudden, um, Deming Jun was there to save her at the end of the cliff. I mean, that's that's just poor imagination on your part. Like we're talking, really? Well, we're talking about the mean brother who just murders everyone. He took someone like, from a hospital bed, put her in a car, he, and duh! shoved the car. I thought it was a, duh. He pushed a woman off a boat. I thought it even would have worked better if it would have been like inside a coma. No, no, no. I totally didn't think it was. Real. I, I, I actually, I actually loved it. Mm-hmm. It, it was just again. It was just like that sort of grotesque spoofing itself, spoofing you dramas. Know what? Aliens, I can take. Time, <laughs> I can take taking ill people and putting them into a moving car. I mean, that was too much. But killing your brother, totally fine. <laughs> again, <laughs> I'm starting to worry here, Faye. Tell me about Semi's brother. <coughs> um, I feel like you were more into him than I was. Like, okay, you know, nice guy, bit one note, a bit one note. I thought he had a very nice. Um, sidekick with a guy who never took his coat off yes yes the other policeman I guess the one thing about him is again a bit like Kui Kyung and Jake and Jake Young like how does like such an awful mother raise such an awful daughter but such a good son (laughs) you know like you know who fights for what's right and believes in good and blah 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 it's all very it's all very interesting to me how like bad parents can raise good children um, (laughs) and and bad children at the same time there was another funny duo as well in Bokta's bookshop Oh yeah, the two, the two, the two like unemployed, uh, whatever couch potatoes. They had some very good lines. They were, yeah, they were quite. But sometimes they were. Very yeah, I, I, and again, I think it fits into what I've been saying from the beginning. Like, just the comedic value of yeah. of this entire drama was just you know off the charts. 
Right. Um, I would say let's maybe conclude talking about the conclusion. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the conclusion? I mean, outside of your theory that he has commitment issues. Because... I thought it was weak. It did not go with the rest of his character. Thank you. Thank you. His character was very straight and very um, consistent. Yeah. So I felt like he would have done anything in the whole world to try and come back to her for two, three years. Yeah. Yeah. No, and this is not one of those... It, it was very interesting because, like, you know, it's either it's a mellow at Mac Jang or whatever... Or it's like a romantic comedy and everything ends well, right? Yeah. And it feels like this didn't want to decide what it was until the end and it didn't end up making that decision. Because, I mean, you know, actually, it's funny that I should say this because you should all know, audience, that between me and Faye, Faye is the big lover of happy endings. <laughs> I can live without a happy ending. But this one was one that warranted a happy ending. Like Also, he... it has to make sense. Yeah. If it's a non-happy ever after, for example, I've seen some, I won't mention them. Um, but then sometimes it's almost um, more satisfying when it's unhappy because it comes across as so realistic yeah but then that's mellow like then you need yeah. to be a mellow drama and this clearly wasn't it was a comedy yeah um, but it's kind of like it, it It feels like it doesn't make a decision you know he doesn't come back but he does come back like this was one that warranted like he actually figures out a way to come back to earth and you yeah know, it would have it, it would have made more sense yeah and I'm not come back and I'm not always. one of those that always wants the happy ending but in this case it fit and this all like He's coming back, but he's not really. And, you know, how how how, how is that sustainable? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's going to come back when she's 80 and wrinkly. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> just just didn't work. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram. We'll put up some more memes um, following this drama pretty soon. In case you forgot it is, it's okay, that's K-drama. <laughs> uh, just like the name of our podcast. And um, stay tuned. We'll uh, keep on bringing you um, reviews as we watch. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.